When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay. gentlemen i will see you now welcome to the best in urban conservative talk we are not ashamed of the good news of conservatism for it is the power of liberation first to the republican and then the democrat yours truly the exceptional one kim mcclinton is here tonight uh mary my bouncer is in my presence if you diss her you diss me you will be dismissed uh and my lovely wife mrs biggs is cleaning up a mess i made earlier so <laughs> they're all live and <laughs> we're all live here, uh, I, and this is a show before 
Sackheads Radio tonight with Sackhead Sean, Sackhead Clint, and Free Socko. Uh, our objective this particular evening is just to enjoy the atmosphere that, we in, that we're in. Uh, we've had the great pleasure uh, of speaking with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. We've had the great pleasure uh, of speaking with, uh, oh my goodness, it is, I apologize for the mess that I made. I really do. Uh, and, you know, this is that, that particular period before John Stossel's show. Uh, people are getting their food, things of that particular nature, uh, and they are taking their food and other substances with them as they are preparing to go over and enjoy John Stossel's show. Uh, we literally have had one of the best and most fascinating times uh, of our time here. I know that I have. I've had the great pleasure of talking with uh, Mary, my bouncer. Uh, we're getting ready to go to lunch tomorrow, the whole group of us, SHR Media. Uh, and, my God, the, the whole atmosphere has just been wondrous. One side down, one side up, it doesn't matter. Uh, all the great people that we've had an opportunity to talk to. Uh, and to be an encouragement to you, I, I would tell you this. I recommend highly to make certain that Freedom Fest next July is a part of your travel schedule. We sincerely have met so many great people uh, and have had such a wonderful occasion. Now, I want to do this real quick for you. At 310, uh, Adam Brandom from Freedom Works will be with us, and we will be talking. I'm sorry, is that is 610? I'm sorry. I am so lost on time right about here. Uh, 610. Uh, it will be, of course, uh, Adam uh, Brandon from Freedom Works will be with us. Uh, that's 610 Pacific Time. And also, right around 640, the godfather of real estate, uh, Mr. Helms, in fact, uh, will be joining us. Uh, and Bob Helms has been in the industry, oh my God, for... Uh, over 50 some odd years and we will be talking with him about real estate and a few other things uh, in general uh, but we hope that you enjoy this atmosphere that we hope that you have a good time listening to us here at Freedom Fest 2015 on the SHR Media Network I'm Ken McClinton this is the Exceptional Conservative Show and we will be back with a commercial written program <laughs> we are not doing commercial free it will be commercial written so stay tuned with us uh, we will be back with a whole lot more. I swear we will.
Switch him here? No, because there's no. No? Okay. He'll have the headphones here. Okay. There is your Today is Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday, July 10th. That's my birthday. Happy birthday. This one you want me? I'll use whatever one you want me to. So. <laughs> Real easy. This can. Ladies and gentlemen, we are reporting to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada for Freedom Fest 2015. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this has been one of the most fortuitous times of our life. I have really enjoyed myself sincerely with all of the great people I've run into who share a desire for liberty and freedom in America. Uh, we're going to be joined by Bob Helms a little bit later, who is the godfather of real estate. 
been in the business for over 50 years and wants to tell us how uh, we can actually get our financial lives in order. Uh, but right now, we have with us a soldier on the battlefield of America. Uh, he has been with us for a long period of time on various stations. Uh, none other than Brandon Adam. It's not Ad Adam, Brandon. Forgive me, I apologize. I'm reading it backwards, man, I'm telling you, I'm so gifted. <laughs> Adam Brandon, uh, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Freedom Works, is with us tonight uh, from Freedom Works. God bless you, sir. Glad to have you here. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Listen, Freedom Works. Uh, for those of us who have not been following along at home, tell us, tell everyone what Freedom Works is all about. You know, for us freedom, liberty lovers in America, we got to come together to fight on certain causes, and that's what we're trying to do: is get grassroots together so we can uh, we can fight for these things that hope that we that are so important to us. Now, when you say grassroots, uh, you're not talking about uh, institutions that are already in place and organizations that are already in place. You're talking about Joe Schmo sitting at home right now listening to this radio station thinking, you know, I have ideas, but, you know, uh, who's going to help me? What, what I'm talking to is that person who's sitting there and they're, they're looking at the TV each night being like, man, this is bad news. I can't believe how screwed up this is. And we want to give them a vehicle so whether they've got time to volunteer or just time to go online and click on a couple things to, uh, to be able to take action. Terrific. And in terms of action, when you're talking action are you are, what type of action do you want them to write letters uh, uh, maybe march around the block a few times that's really worked <laughs> in the black lives matter movement mm -hmm. apparently uh, uh, what exactly are you talk about in terms of action yeah, when we take when we're talking action there's several different ways you could do it we're trying to everyone is really busy and we try and make it as easy as possible so the easiest thing to do is people drop their email in at our website freedomworks.org and then they sign up for action alerts and when there's a fight coming up like uh, like recently it was on the uh, import export bank we let people know here's who needs to hear from you right now uh, pick up the phone and call or click on a button and send an email and then if people want to be more involved there we have a whole program for people offline uh, you know that they could join us we could do trainings at our office in DC and bring you know meet people around the country because I tell you what nothing scares a congressman more in the world than when five activists show up in their office and they're asking for something it doesn't take a lot of people doesn't take millions of people three or four people visiting a local congressional office can scare the death out of them we're talking tonight with Adam Brandon who is the Brandon who is the CEO <laughs> of freedom it's, the words are coming eventually <laughs> Uh, and quick query for you regarding uh, Freedom Fest. What initiatives are you all working on right now? Well, we got a couple. I mean, we've been fighting on some issues. We've been known for a lot of our fighting against Common Core. You know, we've been known for doing a lot of the work. We've, we've uh, at the beginning of the year, we, we the activist network was pretty critical in, in rounding up those twenty-five votes against John Boehner. But uh, heading into the rest of the year, I think if you look at Congress right now, there's this Freedom Caucus that is standing up for all the values that we want. And uh, the establishment's really taking it to them. And we have to come together and support these guys. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of work with the Freedom Caucus going forward. And then also uh, our foundation, FreedomWorks Foundation, is going to start really working on pushing back on the regulatory state because possibly the most dangerous thing coming out of the Obama administration has been this massive growth in these uh, unelected bureaucrats. Yeah.
And we've seen that whether it's the SCOTUS, uh, well, forgive me, the Obamacare scenario and situation, whether it's EPA uh, and the coal uh, matters. Uh, but for those people who are listening at home uh, and they're saying, well, you say five guys showing up at a congressman's office. Listen, I've called my congressman. He's not responding to me. Yep. Uh, what difference does it make to coalesce in this regard? This is something we learned from the left years and years ago because they've been so good at, at showing up. Yeah. And I think it's because they show up to demand something. If you think about the people in our movement, they show up and are doing the opposite. They're demanding nothing. We actually yeah. want less. Yeah. And so it's harder to get people together, to get motivated, to say, hey, what we're actually asking is for you not to do. We just want you to not do your job. We want you to just let us be and leave us alone. But they're not going to leave us alone unless we go there and demand it. And when they see that people are watching, uh, sunlight's often the best disinfectant. So if a few people show up and it's like this XM vote matters to me. Uh, I've always, whenever you watched when they used to do town halls, if you were the first person to ask a question at the town hall, you often set the agenda for the whole night. Exactly. And that's what we need to do. And when people know, I mean, I've gone to, you know, shown up with 25 people or five people at different congressional offices, and it just, they panic when they think, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. citizens are getting involved. But Adam, there, there is this situation where individuals are thinking, well, the type of stuff that you're talking about is going to involve a great deal of my time. Uh, sure. I, you know, it, uh, it, getting the neighborhood people together just to find cats yep. is, is, is tough enough. You're asking me to do XM? Uh, yep. It, you know, how does Freedom Work help the individual who's sitting there and saying, I want to be involved, right. but I don't want to give all of my time. That's And I and I say it's not just that we're competing with uh, you know other political organizations. We're competing with soccer practice. Yeah. We're competing with you know TV shows. We're competing with you trying to live your life. And that's why we, I always go back to the size of this community that we have. You know, it's over 2.5 billion emails. It's uh, uh, 4.7 million folks on, on Facebook. And by the way, last year is the first year that more people spent time on Facebook than they did with their own pets. Wow. So knowing that, we want to make sure that we're going to be where people are, and that's why we make it as easy as possible that if you only have five minutes, we're going to, we're going to simplify something down where here's the issue, here's where you need to call, click on the button, and let's take care of this, and you can help out. Now, XM was a problem, the export-import bank. Um, many uh, of the Chamber of Commerce-type Republicans sure. believe that you needed to keep it. Uh, there were Democrats that said hey, you have to. It's essential in terms of the wellspring of uh, giving democracy to the impoverished countries around the world. Why was Freedom Works against the XM Bank? This is everything. If you go back, for, there's this stereotype that conservatives are for big business. Yeah, I think conservatives are for the free market. Conservatives want to see, you know, you, we don't care how big your company gets and we're happy when you get big, but just don't ask any special favors. And if you can't stand on your own, well, you go out of business. It's real simple. And so when you set up this bank that was set up in the 1930s, this thing is getting close to 100 years old, that gives low you know, taxpayer money yes. to Boeing, taxpayer money to General Electric. Those are two large companies that didn't spend I don't think they paid any taxes because they have this army of tax attorneys to get them out. They make billions of dollars, but they still are saying they need free money. Yeah. And but, it's just it's an understand. outdated. Uh, hmm? Listen, we just heard um, from 
a, a, uh, a gentleman who was debating Steve Moore earlier today, who got a Nobel Prize, we don't understand why, right? Uh, who said that, you know, it's stimulation. You need government to stimulate the economy. Why not give money, free money to Boeing and GE and other corporations, you know, to, you know, spread the wealth? Yeah, you know what, if we're giving away free money, I want some, you want some, but there's just, it's like Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is sooner or later you run out of other people's money. If we had if we had enough money for free education and free health care and free cars and free liquor and free whatever you want, exactly. I would love to give all that stuff away. The problem is, is that we live in a world of scarcity. We don't have money for everything we want to do. We have to pick priorities, and I would rather the market sorts that out. And, and I don't want... I, I, I certainly don't have enough money to subsidize multiple billion-dollar corporations. I don't know if you do, but uh, it's I just. I don't think so. It, but the sad thing is, I think a lot of these companies now are looking at we're going to make we're, we're, our business model may have maxed out, so we need lobbyists and regulation. Yes. Uh, it, actually, a great example of this. I always say, why is it the tobacco companies supported these new tobacco regulations? Well, because if you're if you're Philip Morris and you sell Marlboro, you don't and, and you. You, you cut down advertising, well, there's no way you're ever going to get another um, opponent. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying something pro or against smoking. I'm just saying it's, it's the way they, they work the market. Be like, they don't care if it's a shrinking market as long as they own it. That's not the American way. We're talking tonight with Adam Brandon, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, and you're listening to the Exceptional Conservative Show. We are not in Washington, D.C. tonight. We are simulcasting. Uh, live and hoping that you're enjoying this conversation about how you can be a part of change in America and Freedom Works wants to be a part of that help uh, mate situation for you. Now, there's some other issues coming along the pipe. Mm-hmm. Okay, that you're going to need American citizen support. Sure. Okay. Uh, of course, you got debt ceiling coming up. Yep. Okay, you have. Uh, the new budget year coming up. Yep. This is when they start talking about it during the summertime. They're not talking about it. They've already made up their mind by, by fall. Hey, by the way, I got a prediction. The oh. debt ceiling is going to come due probably on Christmas Eve. Really? So I, I, it, you watch it get kicked back and kicked it's gonna back. It's going to be kicked again. It's gonna, they're going to kick it back and, and say how great things are going, and then all of a sudden, right before, you know, when we're all busy wrapping presents for our family, then they'll do some vote in the middle of the night. See, but we were sold the bill of goods as Speaker John Boehner. And the rest of the Republican Party would be able to stand up to Obama and say, hey, you know what? We are the purse holders. We will basically contain the financial uh, viability of our country. Yet, there hasn't been a very good response back. When Obama came into office, we had approximately $10 trillion in debt. Yeah. Today, we've got $18 trillion. When he leaves, $21 trillion. Sooner or later, it's got to stop. Exactly. I'm watching Greece, and I'm just, why can't we see what happened to Greece? That can happen here, too. I do believe America is an exceptional place, but we're exceptional when we stand up for the Constitution. When we don't do that, we're not going to be an exceptional country, and we're going to look just like Greece standing in line trying to get our $60 out of the bank every day because that's what we can get. So will FreedomWorks help the common man who's sitting at home saying, hey, I, I voted these guys in, and they're not listening to me? How do, you, how do you work in such a fashion where you make those who feel they don't have to be accountable held accountable? That's abs- that is, you know, one thing I actually heard from a congressman, a good ally of ours, said, we have to do something about anything. Yes. Yes. That was as specific as you got. I'm like, I can't agree with you more. Yeah. <laughs> and, but what, you're, what I'm talking about is there's about 30 good, 
House members. They yeah. tend to be, they're all Republican. Yeah. They're, they are the good guys. Mm-hmm. So that's less than 10%. Yeah. And we got to take this whole Republican Democrat thing off. Like, yeah, most of our guys are Republicans, or in fact, probably all of them are. But at the end of the day, we need to get that number from 30 to 50. Yeah. And I worry about some of these guys, the Justin Amashes, the Thomas Masseys, the Dave Bratz. They got the establishment gunning for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they go to work every day with Peter King. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the bottom line is, how does someone involve themselves with Freedom Work and how does Freedom Work involve themselves back with that individual? That's, well, one of the things that we with this network that we do is like before we will get we, we have we have a foundation. We have Freedom Works, Inc., which is our action center. And we have a whole political side to our operation. But before we decide to get into a, like a political race, yeah. we email everyone in that state and that district to see where do people want to go. And a great example last election cycle is when we hit the Mississippi list. 90% of the people who came back said, Chris McDaniel's our man. And we're yeah. like, all right, let's go fight this fight. When we hit the South Carolina list, there's about five different candidates they wanted to support to take on Lindsey Graham. We couldn't, we couldn't get critical mass that way, so we took that as a message that we're going to sit this one out. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. uh, is there some type of website that people sure. can go to? Sure, freedomworks.org, mm-hmm. freedomworks.org. It, you know, as soon as you go there, you could drop your email in and sign up for. We've got a couple of different lists going on, and what, the most important thing that happens is that um, you know we'll send out action alerts on specific issues when things are coming up, and and we have a policy team that'll kind of try to identify. Here's the three or four congressmen or senators they need to hear from you right now. For those who are listening to us from Freedom Fest, what are the top three issues going into the fall? Once these guys come back from their vacation, that citizens need to be focused on, and how do they get in contact with you to make that process happen? Well, it all starts through our website. We try to make it as user friendly as possible. We also have uh, 4.7 million people, 4.7 million on our Facebook page. Yes. Uh, you know, 225,000 people on our our Twitter uh, feed. But you know, there's going to when, when we're starting to get into that political silly season right now. Yeah. Where I'm looking at Congress, and I think you're gonna we're gonna have a debt ceiling debate. We're yeah. gonna have that fight. Um, there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be this 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 highway bill that's coming up, and they're probably going to attach the import export bank to that, yes. or there'll be something like that. And so that's going to be hard to stop because it's you get this one victory in, and then then as soon as that happens, boy, here they come again. Yeah. Um, but I think some of our big opportunities right now are going to be. It, because it's election year, yeah. what I don't want to see happen again for like in the Republican Party is, is if you go back, if you remember when Mitt Romney was running, he wrote this op-ed in the Wall Street Journal that said, here are the 50 tweaks I'll do for the American economy. Yeah. We can't do this little wishy-washy stuff anymore. We need to find some candidates both for the president, for the House, and for the Senate who are really bright colors and broad stripes. And it's like we want – and I don't care what – you want the fair tax. You want the flat tax. I want to see a fundamental ta- you know, adjustment in the taxes. I want to see fundamental change in you know, issues from 
all the issues that we care about, from border security to taxes to you know getting the entitlements under control. To we need to make sure that, that, and I think it's part of our job is to demand that our candidates on our side coming into these primaries, we make them respond to these big issues. This is a time period where people are beginning to make the decision right before Labor Day if they're going to run for office. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does a Freedom Works candidate sound and look like? Well, when we choose a candidate, that's a great question because there's three criteria that we have to go for. The first is you sit down and you got to vet them out. Yeah. All right. And then you got to see, is this person right on the issues? All right. Mm-hmm. And if they're good on the issues and, and, and we're not just looking at someone who tells you they're good on the issues. What did they do in their business? Did they run their business? Did they take government handouts? Did they take TARP bailout? You know, how did they live their life? How did they run their business? Okay. How, if they were a dog catcher, did they catch more dogs for less money? You know, exactly. that's what you got to see. Okay, now that we got that, the next thing is, can they run a real campaign? Because if I ask you who's running your campaign and you're like, well, actually, my mother is and my brother is going to be my press guy, you know, that's probably not going to work out. I want to see that you're really putting together a good campaign. Yeah. And then the third element we look for is if you've got the right, if you're right on the issue set, you've got the right campaign, do you have a path to victory? You know, Ted Cruz didn't, you know, he had a, like a, I think when we endorsed him, he was 2% in the poll. Yeah. But there was a path to victory. Mike Lee, there was a path to victory. It doesn't have to be a good path, but there has to be a path. And going forward, learning from our lessons, we've probably endorsed some candidates before in the past that didn't really have a path to victory. And then people, you know, it feels good when you endorse them, but then when you lose, yeah, you know, it doesn't we, solve the problem. We got to, and it goes back to this this Freedom Caucus. We've got to get fifty folks there. Yeah, we got to get, we got to have more than three or four in the Senate. We've got to have ten in the Senate, fifteen in the Senate. Exactly primaries start very soon right well they started the new year yep okay the new year four or five months from now really and in political campaign talk we're only talking two to three months yep. of prep time by labor day you should have already your strategy by constitution day you should be ready kicking in gear mm-hmm. uh fundraising things of that nature but someone's listening to me right now, and they're saying, you know, and that sounds kind of insurmountable. I, you know, maybe yep. I'll just stick this one out or whatever. Can you encourage that person? To uh, get to in the race? Off? Yeah. Well, you know, you, this is, and I always say this, if you're going to get into a political race, you've got to get it, you've got to make sure your heart's right and ready for it, because it is going to be one of the most challenging, hardest things you've ever done. But I always just point out to when you look at what Dave Bratt did, that yeah. man was outspent 40 Two, one. Now, I'm not saying that's a winning strategy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, not everyone is going to get outspent 40 to one. But what he was able to do is he was able to hustle on the ground. He, he went door to door. He met everyone. He tried to influence every you know leader he could. Uh, he actually owes a lot of his race to Ken Cuccinelli's race for yes. governor because Ken Cuccinelli did a fantastic. He was over. He was my friend over at Senate Conservatives Fund. Now, he did a lot of work to get that ground. Those activists all put together. And that, that's what you need to be. And once you, it's that hard work that goes through, but you're going to need to run, you know, you're going to need to run a fine campaign. And if you're, and I, and even if you're not, if, if you're thinking it's too late now, well, there's the next cycle. Get involved because if we, we get the democracy that we want and, and we, we've got to get in there and get fighting. Listen, I, we're coming down to the final moments here. Um, and we want you to come back on the exception. Oh, I'd love to. Forward. But, Listen, 
I got this spirit in me that I want to run for office. I've never done anything before, so maybe I ought to run for president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a modesty, a humility that we should have? Maybe we should run for school board. Maybe well, we should. Here's something that I've always encouraged people to do. When you in this a few years ago, I think it was close to half of all the precinct captains uh, across the country, Republican precinct captains, were vacant. One person runs, they get one vote. They could fill up those places. A lot of the Rand Paul, Ron Paul guys figure that out, and they started running. And now the establishment guys are taking it a lot more serious. But there is a huge opening, and all you need to do with that is you just get a few of your neighbors to support you, and you could become a, a, a precinct captain and join and get involved in the central committee for the for the, the Republican Party, and you can make a huge difference because. Then you actually get a chance to set some of the rules and regulations on who's going to run. And, and too often we've seen parties hijacked by the establishment, or not even hijacked, just run by the establishment guys creating rules that don't let the, the, the good conservative get into the race. So exactly. there's a million different ways people can get in. You don't have to run for president or Senate your first time out or Congress. There's a lot of different things you could do. And actually, I've, I've long believed there's a lot of us who are watching corruption and, and malfeasance at the federal level. At the state level, uh, one of my big lessons in life in my hometown back uh, in Northeast Ohio, I learned that the city of Akron is running most of its budgets through emergency uh, measures because when you do it through emergencies, you don't have to bid it out. And it's the same two or three contractors who get every single one of these things. And then you see they're building pools for some of these city. Exactly. And it's just, you know, if you just need a few people to get involved, to blow a whistle and say, this isn't right. You know, fixing our streets is something we know we need to do. This is not an emergency. Exactly. You know, Adam, and, and I thank you so much for coming on, but one of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear people want to run for office, the first office they want to run for is, is the U.S. Senate or U.S. Congress yep. or whatever, and what they don't realize are those open seats on the Advisory Neighborhood Commission, those open seats on the City Council and Student School Board, are, 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 I mean, uh, School Board, are the greatest opportunities to really begin hey, instituting freedom. Of educate, you know, we, we all complain about how poorly everyone's getting educated today. I hope people. I hope there's one person listening to us talk right now yeah. who ends up putting themselves on and become a candidate for school board, and they get in there and they mix it up at the school board and says oh. and say, you know what, this curriculum, this is BS, and that's also why we're fighting and winning the battles on Common Core because yes. people are getting involved. Exactly. We want you to come back in a couple of weeks. We want you to talk about Common Core. Excellent. Uh, we want you to talk about getting the right student board candidates. Love it. Out there. Let's do it. Oh my God. Adam, thank thanks you very so much, much for having coming me. On. Adam, Brandon, Fred, FreedomWorks. Tell them where they can go to uh, freedomworks.org. Freedomworks.org. Thank you, sir. FreedomWorks. It does. So does Liberty. Adam Brandon. It's a great pleasure to have him on the air with us. Uh, and he has a great assistant in Iris. Great job. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, and thank you all so much for uh, signing in uh, to the chat room uh, at BTR. That's where the open chat roll is. Uh, we are live from Las Vegas, Nevada, where they are lining up for the John Fossil Show. Uh, and yeah, John, St no, Stasso. Fossil is the old guy. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with more of the most incredible 
If you don't believe in a God, just think, uh, someone made me do this show. the greatest producer in the world, Sako, actually helping you do your show. He makes me look a hundred times better than I really am. That's D-Rock, Bible in the Belt. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I don't know about you, but I can tell you there is nothing like having good advice and godly counsel. And there is a man before us right now, Mr. Bob Helm, who is known as the godfather of real estate. And it's a tremendous honor to have him on the air with us today. We want to talk about finance, we want to talk about real estate, but we want to talk about life in general.
Bob, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Why are you here for, uh, at Freedom Fest? Well, we've been coming to Freedom Fest for five or six years, and uh, we come in a couple of uh, forms and guises. My son, Robert, hosts a radio show called The Real Estate Guys, which is specifically aimed at real estate investors. Been doing that show for about 20 years, and it's an interesting thing. Robert, uh, Robert was a radio TV miner when he graduated college. He was set to go to work for a station, and I hired him to come help me sell real estate, and he never got back. But he did finally get his radio show going. And today, that show is uh, the number one downloaded real estate show primarily by podcasting, but that's an iTunes rating. That reaches, Yeah, reaches 180 countries, and it's huge fun. Wow. What is it like having family involved in business? That's, that's one of the most oh, difficult things in the world to do. You know, it is for some, and that's a great question. Um, I'm in the middle of writing a book right now, and this book is aimed at real estate agents, specifically uh, real estate agents who don't understand or have anything to do with investment property. And what's interesting is that's most real estate agents. Yeah. Uh, if you're an investor out trying to find an agent to help you, tough times. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of frog kissing time. So, uh, so the purpose of my book is to try to get the attention of those agents and to make sure they know about the opportunity. Most of them don't because I think they have no role models who are teaching them to do it. Exactly, but it's it's great to have a father who's in the in the industry, who's willing to take a risk on you. I, I mean, let me just say, my father understood my limitations. I, I'm a I'm a thinker. I am not a builder. <laughs> He's a builder. He's a construction guy. He he knew my limitations. He respected them. But too many people actually try to put the square in the circle. Uh, to make it fit because it's family. Well, the reason I mentioned the book is because I am covering in the book um, a picture about how do you get into real estate investing? What do you have to do? What does it take to learn to become a successful investor? In a nutshell, it's education. In fact, the real estate guys have written a great book for investors called Equity Happens. Their motto, education for effective action. So, everybody needs to take action, but if you aren't educated, you're probably going to be an unguided missile who will crash and burn. <laughs> so, education is the secret to everything we do, now, being prepared. The, the, the real estate guys have been on for 20 years. Yep. Um, but trust me, uh, as a counselor for people in real estate, personally, as a, what I get paid to do, um, the majority of individuals are HGTV watchers. 30 minutes, I'm supposed to buy a house. Kind of like going to Walmart, buy a house or whatever. If you take that type of mentality to real estate itself, and we're not even talking about development and investors, but just generally that type of mentality, is that a successful mentality? And what should, what should be the concept that you have when you're actually well, doing it, this? Well, it can be successful. And here's the real key, I believe. It's the tie between competence and confidence. Okay. When we become confident, when we competent, when we have learned our lessons and we're ready to take action, the confidence of being competent allows you to take the step that you must take. And it then becomes 
a question of plan, do, review. Here's my plan. I'm going to implement it, and we'll see how it worked out because I'm going to learn lessons that are going to steer me as I go along the path. So the interesting part, when you asked me the question about family, and I mentioned that I was writing about family, what I'm really looking at is in order to grow your own real estate business as an investor, the question really is, can you do it by yourself or do you need help? And if you need help, where do you get it? Do you hire somebody or do you take on partners? I suggest that taking on partners can really work especially if you start with family. And I see your face as you're saying, wait a minute, Uh, not everybody and not every family is functional enough and can get along well enough to make it happen. You're brilliant. That's a nice way to say you are so polite. At the same time, Robert and I, my son Robert, Robert hosts that show, The Real Estate Guys, we were a father-son team for 18 years working in a residential company, a very big residential company, the 25th biggest realtor in America, so it was a significant company. And and the way we succeeded is because we gave each other space. Now, Robert didn't have a chance. He was born into a real estate family. Everybody did real estate. He was stuck with it, but he liked it. He had the skills. He gravitated toward it. So as I said, he's getting out of college. He's ready to go to work for a radio station. I pluck him aside and say, I need you to come sit on open houses with me. Oh, goodness, what a dull and boring idea. But it worked well. He became masterful at it. And so so my book, and I know this isn't about my book. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Which, by the way, You are the godfather of real estate. (laughs) It's about anything you want to say it is. Doesn't have a permanent title yet. The working title is called Get a Grip. And what we're really talking about is get rich in the investment property niche. It's a specialty business where investors are crying to be served. They need the help. There's nobody to give it to them. So what Robert and I did, because we were investors before we became agents, Mm -hmm. we were selling in a residential company, but about 35, 40% of our sales were always investment property. So our predominant sales were still family homes. But we had a different mentality than most. And what you learn in this business is very few people ever get connected with investment property. And yet, it's an amazing opportunity to provide for yourself, to serve investors, to make a good living. Much more importantly, to learn to become an investor and provide some significant retirement. Mr. Helms, you you make it sound so easy. It actually, it really is in terms of following your principles. Uh, But... There are individuals who, listen, I'm a risk taker. I don't want anyone else involved in this. I'm going to do whatever I got to do or whatever. What are the benefits to actually having, whether it's family or non-family, as partners in pursuing wealth? Good question. The reason to consider, by the way, if you're the kind of person who just absolutely has to be in control of the ship, you may not want partners. You may want employees that you direct their activities. If they don't do it well, you replace them or you get more of them, whatever. So one way to do it, depending on who you are and how your business needs to work for you, is to hire people. I really like partners for this reason. Partners typically are going to bring something to the table different than what you've got. We sometimes say if two of us think just alike, one of us is unnecessary. So, <laughs> <laughs> Very true. 
That's why you you got to have the right combination in marriage. So, <laughs> a perfect example. So it's about uh, saying, what do I really need to grow my business well? We, we go back to a beginning step that says, what's really important is one, figure out what you want real estate to do for you. Yeah. We can all jump in and buy some houses and flounder around, and we may do well or we may not, but until you figure out what you want it to do for you, anything looks like a good deal. Exactly. So we call it developing your personal investment philosophy so that you know what kind of property you want to buy, what market it's located in. You have a team of people to help you all of this before you ever pick the property and take action. I'm, so you, I'm, I'm talking with Bob Helms, and normally as a professional broadcaster, I have to look at the clock, but I, I'm just looking and listening to him, and it's captivating. It's, uh, yeah, I don't want to run out of time, but I'd love for you to come back and talk with us because there are tens of millions of other questions that I have. Awesome, but, I'd but, love to. At, but the, someone's listening tonight and saying, yeah, Bob, I tried that partner thing and it didn't work out. Uh, you know, uh, and, and so, for, for instance, if there's someone who is actually in real estate development or real estate investing, yeah. and they partnered up or whatever, uh, and maybe, they're, maybe they need a little direction. There are lots of people who get started in something and then think that they've already figured everything out. How can someone talk with you? I've, well, uh, they, they can reach me. They can reach me uh, by email. My email address is bob at realestateguysradio.com. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the best way to catch me. And I am available to talk to people. I'm a, I'm a consultant and a teacher and have been forever. I've, uh, I've been a real estate broker in California for 35 years. Mm -hmm. I've been an investor since 1957. So... And I'm still enamored with the whole thing. It's still great fun because I get to be involved with people. I'm on, I, I help coach some folks. Um, I'm available on a couple of boards for companies that we have to help investors. A couple of key things about partnerships that I think are important. The first one is this. You need to look, take off your rose-colored glasses, which you put on because you want a, that partner to work, need to look very hard at the relationship, do all the vetting for this reason. I like to say the truth of the relationship is available to you at the beginning if you'll have the courage to look hard enough. Most things that fail are because people didn't do a good enough job of selecting the right partner. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. And, uh, and I think if there is one key in terms of growing, you ask the question, why do we really need to do that? And the reason we get partners is to accelerate our growth rate because we can always do more with a group than we can by ourselves. Exactly. The other thing that we do a lot of, by the way, Robert teaches a class called Secrets of Successful Syndication, which specifically teaches you how to bring others with you to, to help other people have an opportunity to invest with you and you're somebody who knows how to do this game so if you're successful doing that then it's a great shortcut yeah. and and we find people in fact what we've seen over the years is people who are moving up the ladder are quitting their jobs and doing this full-time if they're having the right amount of success by the way Robert's sister uh, and I were having the three of us were having lunch one day and she said Robert, I love Dad, too. How can you possibly work with him every day? So the point is, family relationships can work great, but we all have different ideas about what makes them work. 
Exactly. There was another quick quick question for yeah. you in terms of that. You know, in the NFL, some players get drafted in the first round and never really make it onto the football field as starters. Uh, others get drafted 10th round and end up being Hall of Famers. Uh, when do you recognize that you need coaching to get you to the next level? Wow, that's a great question. Unfortunately, a lot of people never recognize yeah. that they need coaching. And we all need some help. We all do better. I think there are, you know, let's talk about this. In the real estate profession, a lot of realtors are kind of close to the vest. Yes. What that means is they think that this is a scarcity environment. We're competing for clients, listings, properties. We're competing with each other. Therefore, if I've got a good idea that I think is unique, I'm the only one that uses it, I could bring it out and share it with you, but why would I? After all, it's what makes me the great guy I am. Exactly. Bob Helm's belief is this. There is no idea that's so unique that somebody else hasn't thought about it. Maybe they're using it, maybe they're not. But the bottom line, I think any idea you've got... If you'll bring it out, allow the magic of synergy to work with other people, it'll be a better idea and better implemented in the long run. So I believe that it's not a scarcity game. It's absolutely an abundance game. And abundance and scarcity is right here between your ears. Wow. More than reality, it's about your attitude. Do you believe, uh, and I'm sucking up to you here, but this is, I believe it's the truth too. Do you believe that every person in real estate needs a godfather? It probably wouldn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that we all learn everything is by just banging our nose against the wall or getting a little help to miss the wall. So I think we all benefit from having somebody to mentor us, to coach us, to help us. What I recommended that a lot of young agents do is go find an experienced agent who will take you under their wing, either make you a buyer's agent, let you become an assistant to them, let you do transactions, let you do whatever helps their team and helps you learn the business. Because a license in real estate is a license to learn the business. You're not totally empowered to go and do it and do it well yet. You've got the tools, you've, you've, you've studied what you need to study, but you gotta learn how to play the game. Pass the test, but there's a little bit more to it than there's that. There's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> Bob Helms, this hey. has been a tremendous honor. Pleasure. Thanks and for thank having me. Thank you so much for having you on the air. This will not be the last time. Thanks. And I look forward to that. How can everyone, first and foremost, get a – maybe you're not the coach, but you could direct them towards finding the qualities of a good coach. Yeah. And then how can they listen to your program you know, some people have a, a bit of a uh, pride factor and want to learn things on the down low <laughs> so they can take credit for well, it. Well, interestingly enough, the real estate guy's primary audience is through the podcast. It's a live broadcast. Emanates in San Francisco, has been around for 20 years, but the bulk of the audience comes from podcasts. And the podcasts, um, it's a weekly show, by the way, and all of those are archived. I've got 20 of them in my iPhone, so if I get what I call a gift of time, that means the airplane's late, I can sit there and hear one of those shows. Exactly. So it's, uh, all of that stuff is available. You can go back for several years, and it's meaty stuff. It's all the pieces that you need to know to become a successful investor. Thank you so much. My it's pleasure. It's been a great honor and privilege to have my you pleasure. here.
Thank uh, you. The godfather of real estate, Bob Helms. My, this has been, I'm, I'm just, this has been one of the great Freedom Fests, uh, not just because of the people who are here, but because of the access to this information. I've gone to other conferences and the people have been roped away with red velvet so that you can't get close to them. But to be able to talk with a Bob Helms on the floor, it's, this is just unique. It's awesome. Well, you know, we love, we love events. I also recommend that realtors and all young professionals learn how to network. Networking is the key to this business because the resources you have, the most important resources you have are human resources, they're relationships. And uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to look at how that game goes, but we can go back to the quote from Zig Ziglar, the old Zigster who said, you can have anything in life you want if you'll just help another, enough other people get what they want. It's, it's so simple. And you can do that by conversation. I have a little quote I love to share with you. Yes, sir. And it's about, it's really about attitude. And it goes like this, unknown author. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere till you fix it. <laughs> and you get to fix it as many times as you need to. Absolutely excellent. <laughs> Bob, All thank right. you so much. Thanks, kid. It was great it's been fun. a great pleasure. All right, buddy. Oh, Take care. Wow. Bob Helms, the godfather of real estate, on the air with us tonight, live uh, from the wonderful, wonderful uh, Freedom Fest 2015. Listen, I am telling you, if you didn't come to Freedom Fest 2015, if you thought you were so pious that you could actually live through vicariously through my shows, I'm telling you, you made an awful decision. Good coaching begins with recognizing you made a mistake. Time to correct it. Come next year, Freedom Fest 2016. Listen, we will be right back with more of the best in urban conservative talk live from, yeah, they're all stacking in and they're all going to John Stossel's show. Uh, and we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, uh, hopefully uh, we'll be talking with... Uh, uh, the, the underground professor, but he's at the Stossel show, so we don't know what he's going to do.
shaped all of us. Okay. Uh, who would I want to give a buy or look to? Welcome back to live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City. We are at Freedom Fest 2015 live again. I'm Ken McClinton. We are not ashamed of the good news of conservatism, for it is the power of liberation, first to the Republicans and then the Democrats. Uh, Mary Bowser, Brow Brockman, forgive me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my mind, my mentality has all been erased because of air travel. <laughs> Thank you, Saka. Thank you, Sacco. I think I can carry out the last 56 minutes of this show. <laughs> I feel the encouragement. Uh, they're not saying boo, they're saying you. Uh, I've had the great pleasure of being around Sacco, Clint, as well as Sean. Uh, they have spoiled me. Uh, immensely uh, with their production work. They are just great professionals. Um, thank you. I try not to dress well. Yes, she did. My wife dressed me well. That's, stop giving her too much credit. <laughs> she listens to the podcast. Don't, don't give her that. Cut. Oh, look at that. I wish I had one of those. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are certainly live from um, not, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm going to get this together one of these days. Uh, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., an American conservative's exploration of the inspired word of God will be broadcast live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, and I will be doing that. I also will be on at 3 o'clock. Uh, with none other than Rick Trader himself on Conservative Commandos. I've had the great pleasure of talking with him uh, this afternoon. We had some great guests on the on the program. We had uh, Lieutenant Alan West. We had Adrian Day, Helen Wiley. Uh, I'm serious. It's the numbers uh, of in great intellectuals that we've had. Uh, thank you. You can tell when I've taken over as the producer of the show. <laughs> Thank you, John Wayne. Um, ladies and gentlemen, so much is going on in the world as we speak today. Uh, but a lot of good news is happening here, and we're just ever so grateful for all of the great work by Mark Skousen, uh, Valerie uh, Durnham, uh, and so many of the others who are here putting on this particular event. Where else? in the world can you walk around and talk with Peter Thiel or uh, Stephen uh, Moore or John Forbes or John Fun uh, and a litany, Mark Skousen, and just a litany of other great thinkers uh, without being roped off. Uh, Bob Helms just a few moments ago, the godfather of real estate. I mean, this is just, this is an extraordinary uh, event. Um, and it's been said, and I've said it, it might not be liked for it, but this is nothing like um, CPAC. This is a great opportunity. You want to turn me on? Oh, okay. Uh, the professor uh, is calling. 
at this particular time period. Uh, as we always on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. And this is, I need to apologize to Karen Simmons. Karen Simmons was scheduled to be on the air with me last night, Wednesday night at 10 p.m. I apologize to her prof profusely. Uh, we were unable to get everything technologically up, uh, but uh, I will make certain that Karen Simmons comes on our program again. I assure you that. All right, good. The underground professor, Dr. Michael Jones. Dr. Michael Jones is on the air with us. He's he ha he's holding a private conversation on my public time. <laughs> But that's really the way it is here at uh, Freedom Fest. Uh, he's holding that conversation now. We'll bring him over in just a few minutes. But literally, this is exactly how it is. I mean, you're walking up and people are walking up to you. And it's it's not one of those distant, you know, network, uh, you know, hey, I just came over. But seriously, the, the entire summation of this has been so personal uh, it far exceeds anything that anyone could possibly expect uh, of a conference. And I really have enjoyed severely all of it. Um, I want to also apologize to Sean Lewis, uh, Sackhead Clint, and also um, Sacco, Free Sacco, uh, for the destruction of their computer. Uh, I, I opened a bottle of soda and it spilled out all over their computer and I am just so sorry about that. I hope they, they can clean it up. It's an apple and hopefully they can cleanse it. Uh, but I, 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 I will take care of whatever charges are, are incurred in terms of cleaning it and making it work. Uh, before we go to the great doctor, oh man, Dr. Michael Jones, you're with us tonight? Right here. Guess who we have with us tonight? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but we have an additional thing because this fits right down your alley uh, regarding the Constitution. Um, and in fact, no, no, Thomas Jefferson is not here, sir. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but someone who could basically tell you about Thomas Jefferson is here tonight. Um, let's see. Let's, let's take these all off because I, I don't know what I'm doing. Hopefully I'm gifted like this. Um, you can't hear? Okay, there we go. There okay. we go. Okay, great. Uh, you are a genius, Clint. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to say... I was going to save him for our show, Ken, but uh, I couldn't do that to you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you bring it. over the best to me. I love you. That's the way we work this contract out. <laughs> uh, Stephen Mikowski? Yes, Stephen Mikowski. He's on the air with us tonight. Uh, and Stephen has written a book called Arguing for the Constitution. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and by the way, it's a constitution. Thomas Jefferson didn't write it. He, 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 was, he was our uh, ambassador to France at that time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, yes, I, yes, I know that he got a good one in over on me on that one. Yeah, I, I know. Yes, I know Thomas Jefferson did write the Constitution. But, but why, uh, Mr. Mikowski, forget you, underground professor, laughing at me. Uh, is that coming along? Can you no, hear? it's, it's, uh, this head, headphone is the going on and going, off. Yeah. Going in and out. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing part chuckles here. 
Okay. Well. Okay, I've got it. I've, got I've it. bent the wire if the you, correct way. This is how the hippies used to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you leave you leave your he- headphones plugged in and you turn the stereo up loud and it blows out your headphones and you're going, okay, how how do I fix this? Yeah. Um, anyway, okay, let's get back to the article. Let's get back here. To, why mm-hmm. did you write arguing for the Constitution? Okay, basically, um, I, I worked for U.S. Chamber of Commerce membership sales for a while, and. A letter writing group out of, um, of Texas. And the more I study the Constitution, the more I realize, man, we are not following it at all. And I talked to a lot of our clients, and they said, you, they're destroying this. So I went on to this, this autodidactic approach where I hit the books hard and mm-hmm. started studying, uh, started with the Federalist Papers, went to Plato, you know, and all these guys, Machiavelli, uh, and realized that our way of addressing politics now is all political. None of it's philosophical. They, it's either this party or that one. Now, as a point, when, when somebody asks you, are you on the right or left? Of what? What is that initial point? Now, I use in this book here, I, I use this uh, model established by land surveys. As an example, all the property in Nevada is measured from one stake driven into the ground just east of San Francisco, Mount Diablo. It's not even in the same state. But the beauty of it is you can be anywhere in Nevada you want, but you're measured from that initial point. With this book, you can be anywhere in politics you want, but you're measured from the Constitution, not the desires of the Democrats, which is what they've done. Exactly. Now, what do you think, sir, have been some of the pronounced threats or reasons why people have um, disengaged from following the U.S. Constitution. Well, okay, it's gotten too mean and it's gotten too complicated. <laughs> Two things right there. Um, it, it's, well I, have been, I have been told that you guys just are stupid. Yeah. And, and I'm, okay, let's debate this. Let's, let's put this out. Some of the smartest people I know in their professions are also the biggest doofuses in, when it comes to politics. They don't add things up. They don't look at the bottom line. Generally, liberalism involves looking at your present satisfaction. Okay, wait a minute. What happens down the road with this process? What happens to all this debt? You know, but, but with this book, I, I keep trying to get back to Here's what the Constitution said. Here's why it said it. Here's the validity over all these years. Exactly. And so why should we ignore it? What's that? Forgive me. uh, Is that the Chinese again? That's the Chinese hacking through again. Uh, (laughs) uh, Mr. Mikowski, uh, when we look at those who are being educated on the Constitution, skip that. Okay. Just talk face to face. Uh, Listen, when we look... Uh, individuals who are being educated on the Constitution today, they're in, being educated based on the blinders of what people are, are politically looking at. That's where, true. Where you are either a liberal uh, who believes in Obama, or you are a conservative who believes in going straight to hell and dying. <laughs> and so, uh, how do we get this back into the hands of individuals to train rightly and then to understand? Uh, and teach for generations to come. Okay, you you might like this or might not like it. Um, a friend of mine just asked me if he should run for a um, congressional seat in California. And it's pretty much Democrat. And I said, you're only going to come at him, and this is the issue to address, if you address the debt first. Yeah. 
and I told him, you've got to come at it hard. You just can't say the debt concerns me. You've got to come at it hard. I, I told him, and he whirled his eyes at this, uh, blame the Democrats for physical child abuse. You've got to make it stick. Say, look at your kids right there. We're piling the debt on them. And there's, you know, what's where are they going to go with this? At least, you know, other nations, when they built, when they uh, spent more than they had, they'd invade other countries. Yeah. And they'd seize the assets. And they'd kill the people. But at least the people got the opportunity to defend their, their cause. And a lot of them died doing it, yes. Yeah. But our children have no way of defending themselves. There, there's no way. And, and so this is, the debt is going to be the problem. And my first chapter of this book is called Don't Mention the Debt, because they never do. They don't want to talk about the debt. Mm-hmm. They just assume it's there. But aren't things constitutionally essential? Isn't it constitutionally essential that you educate all children? Isn't it constitutionally responsible for us to make certain that we have an export-import bank? Aren't these all constitutional things? No, no, no. Uh, there, there are some things that are... Government was designed to be limited. And the more it expands beyond those bounds, the more opportunities there are for corruption and manipulation. If we went back to our original Constitution, you'd, you'd find... I, I make a distinction between unconstitutional matters and non-constitutional. Expert import bank is non-constitutional. It isn't in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to get into this a little more if Alexander Hamilton would have been for it. But yeah. uh, Hamilton was a real hawk on finances. I mean, he got the U.S. out of debt, and to thank him, they're going to take him off the $10 bill. <laughs> Congratulations. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, hey, work. look, <laughs> debt is a good thing now. Let's get the Hamilton off this bill. Um it, and by the way, in this book, I also cover a lot of stories. I do a comparison between Alexander Hamilton, who a lot of people don't know, was born on the tropical island of Nevis near St. Croix. His mom was married to somebody else at the time. And you think about, whoa, wait a minute here. That means he was a bastard child? Yes. And some of our founder fathers called him that when they got mad at him, a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, the, the thing is, uh, Hamilton, born dirt poor. Um, worked his way up. Look what he became. If you read his stuff, some of the Federalists are just amazing. The 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 wording of him and, and his thought processes. God, I love reading his stuff. Exactly. And he was killed in a duel with Aaron Burr. Bam. You're out. You know, you're fired. <laughs> That's the old version of what uh, Donald Trump would do. Huh? What is fascinating about the originalist interpretation of the Constitution? You know, it is amazing how all these guys, well, there weren't that many, but how two things about it. Uh, how all these guys put away their differences, you know, and slapped each other side the head and put together a great document. That's the first thing. The second thing is the educational level of the private citizen. Far beyond what it is today. Uh, and I make the point in my book, the first chapter, we focus on entertainment now. You know, what What were the latest pointed items that Lady Gaga wore? The kids know more of that. But you ask them, you know, what is the only guarantee in the Constitution they don't know? Um, 
I'm trying to think. Thomas Paine wrote the book uh, Common Sense. Sense. Yes. It was written for the common man. You try reading that today. You try throwing that in the hands of uh, the, any <laughs> high school Denver, or a high school graduate today, and they're going to look at this going, "Man, this guy's smart." No, he's not. That's the way it was done because they didn't have TV in the old days. They didn't. They they sat by a campfire and they read or they knitted or something. Winners prepared them for summers. Is the way they were. And uh, Jefferson, one of his notes said, "If you didn't." Um, if you didn't prepare in the winter for a good summer and work through the summer, you'd eat oatmeal all winter. Wow. Talk wow. about and Can you imagine that? That's terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely terrible. We're talking tonight with uh, Stephen. Stephen Mikowski. There's Mikowski. no W in there. Yeah. Forgive me. I apologize. I am terrible with names. Stephen Mikowski. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, two shows a night. I agree with the Constitution. Uh, if you call yourself a right ringer, you're doing it wrong. That's the, that's yeah, this, this is available on Amazon.com, arguing for the Constitution. There's two versions of it. The one he's holding right here is the newer one. Okay. It's it's cheaper. It's we, black and white. The oh, other one's color. It costs okay. a load to produce. Wow. Now, in, in terms of, again, going back to the originalists, uh, I've often said that many people say that we should repeal FDR. Uh, and I say we should repeal it all the way back to about the 13th Amendment. Uh, am I wrong in terms of repeal that? Repeal FDR, what do you mean? Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's bill of, second Bill of Rights, uh, you know, uh, socialized medicine. Okay, all that of, stuff, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't aware that was an amendment. <laughs> you, know, uh, um, you know, because basically what's going on right now, we've got a load of... of legislation riding on tradition yes. um, and it's I, I think to stop this every bill that goes through the Congress, every law that goes through Congress should have an expiration date on it 10 years and after t- a sunset provision and after 10 years if they like it they reenact it, if not it dies and it brings the debate to the forefront again but that you know to answer your question in a circumnavigational route, you know, yeah, that's that's what should be done. That's one of the things that hasn't been done that I think should be done. Sunset bills, sunset on all legislation. Are there certain amendments that should be reconsidered? Seventeenth. High, five. high fives. Two high fives. <laughs> Four high fives. Yeah, here you go. Um, Why the seventeenth? Seventeenth. Uh, yeah, I did a speech on that, and I'm out of California. Are we okay? Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, I gave a speech on that in California about what brought about the Seventeenth Amendment because you know it was there. Okay, but what brought that about? Wh- who modified the thinking? And I I keyed on this guy William Jennings Bryan. Yes. And he kept saying it's got to be power to the people. We don't want the states and the locomotives, the railroad people, to have all this power. We want it to the people because they're corrupt. Uh, you know these groups are corrupt. Well. The, you know, if you go back, read Federalist 10, you go back to even Plato uh, identified that when you give the poor the same power as the rich, they will always vote to take the money from the rich because there's more poor than there are rich. And this is part of the process. It, it, it was uh, William Jennings Bryan was probably one of the best speakers of his day. Yes, he was. And he kept talking about this and then he kept running for president and failing. But. After he uh, was was uh, finished, who came in? Woodrow Wilson to fill his spot. Williams, uh, willing, Williams William Jennings, Jennings Bryan. Bryan. 
forgive me. You can tell how great I am with the names. Yeah. Your, your, the, your diction is excellent, too, by you. the way. <laughs> you speak good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I speak good. Yeah, okay. No, I'm not going to lapse into Hillary here. <laughs> but uh, he did much to institute um, the socialist desires uh, by seeking out the political will of the populace. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we see individuals like Hillary today who do the very same thing. Uh, if if we could vote ourselves out of a republic to pay ourselves, we would do that. You know, it, the, this plain folk appeal. Now, it it all goes back to the education level of the masses. Yes. That's what it all goes back to. And nobody is screaming about the debt. I think that's the only way we're going to get into this. Mm-hmm. You know, because in California, we have got so many Democrats. I mean, the place is run by Democrats. Yes. Um, and what is the only way to get somebody to a gang area? Yes. And there's a restaurant in that area. It has the best huevos rancheros, man. They, you know, <laughs> and I go in there, and there. And one day, this waitress came up. And she goes, "You you write about politics, don't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, uh, "Would you talk to a couple of my friends? They had some questions about politics." And I told them I know somebody. I said, "Sure." She goes, "Okay." And she picked up her cell phone. I'm sitting there, and I'm eating. And these two guys sit across from me. You know what the tattoos on the yeah. necks and the tears on the eyelids and yeah. stuff like that? And you're going, what did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, it, since uh, the last election, um, a lot of our women that work in the hotels are not making much money. Waitresses are not making much money and all this stuff. Why? What's going on? They're supposed to be good for us, aren't they? And I said, no. They're anti-business. They run against business every time they get a shot. Therefore, big government, therefore people paying people to vote for them out of the government treasury and all this debt's piling up. Yes. And it's and, and it's funny because both those guys looked at me like they wanted to kill me. Mm-hmm. And you know how you just kind of think, well, hey, I'm just I'm just I'm a messenger. Just messenger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but but I watched how they just looked at each other. And see, that's the realization you need to get with these people. The debt matters. There's going to be a day you're going to have to pay it. And you're going to have to look at your kid and explain why you allowed this to happen. What's Thomas Jefferson's opinion on debt? Since everybody believes he's responsible for the separation of church and state. No, well, <laughs> that's that's a stretch. Ain't it? <laughs> Jefferson, in one of his letters, and I, I have a friend who is, again, one of these people who is so smart when it comes to their personal profession. But when it comes to the politics they're dumb they quoted a thing by jefferson where he said change is is uh it was in a letter to samuel kirchival they said change is instrumental in politics because it's just things have to change and he talks about constitutions have to be changed but in that letter he was talking about the state constitutions especially in this one the state of virginia the federal constitution he admitted should be small limited But in the same letter, Jefferson wrote, I am not among those who fear the people. They and not the rich are our dependents for continued freedom. And to preserve their independence, we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt. We must make our election between economy and liberty, our profusion and servitude. Now think about it. Servitude. How many things do we now depend on government to do? Recently, it's health care. The IRS is now controlling our health care. Now, you stop and think about that for a second. Um, 
he goes on, this example leads us to a solitary lesson that private fortunes are destroyed by public as well as private extravagance. I mean, Jefferson, he, he I love a lot of his writings, and he's like a lot of us. We, we write one way, we do another in times, you know, because he, he died in horrible debt. Um, but um, what? Put that next to your ear. There is a question coming in from... The underground professor. Okay. Well, okay. if I could get it to hear him. Can we get it? I, 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 I'm still not getting anything. Still not getting it. Okay. Hold it. Okay. Okay, try that now. All right, try it now. Go right ahead. Professor, what was your question? <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's The lines are about the same, I think. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's, that's a, well, I, I, I've got to tell you something. I, I have a service connected disability. I, and I, w- I went to the VA today up on north, uh, n- northern uh, uh, part of Las, Las Vegas. They were excellent. They were, they were good. They were, cl- you know, everything was clean. It was well done. And they, they served me well. And I, and, and, and I, normally I'm out of Long Beach and those people, they're really coming forward. They're doing a good job. And so I, I want to give a, a shout out to the uh, people who work at the VA hospital up in Northern Las Vegas. They did a great job today. Awesome. Okay. Professor, your thoughts. I, I was Air Force. Um, I, I it was really strange because I, when I got in the Air Force, my TI was a Marine working with the Air Force at the time. I got stationed with the Army, so I went out in the field just as much as all those other guys did. But I, um, I got orders in 1969 for APO San Francisco, and you know what that means. Ten, minute, ten minutes before I left, they changed them to Germany. And, uh, and I went, I will take it. Yeah, you darn right. Yeah, uh, very lucky. And I was stationed at a little post called Illesheim, El Tadeco India Kilo, which is on the far eastern side of Western Germany. In other words, we were a speed trap for the uh, East Germans. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. oh, the the Hercules. Now, is that the most incredible aircraft there is? Ooh, sexy! <laughs> no, that that's really cool. I, I'm still cutting out on these headsets. Um, okay, you know, but well, listen, Mr. Mikowski, uh, did I say it correct? That yeah, that yeah, you did. That was good. Wow, that's two for three. Yes. <laughs> that bad diction for a black guy. I can, <laughs> listen. How can people get your book? Uh, and before you oh. go tonight, I want you to sign it, and I, I want to get your book. Okay, um, it's it's on Amazon.com. Uh, just just to go get on there and go for arguing for the Constitution. Oh, also there's a website. Thank you. Um, it's arguetheconstitution.com. Now at arguetheconstitution.com, you save the shipping, and you, I'll autograph it if you wish. And uh, there, there's there's some stuff on there that um, there's. Uh, I was on Pat and Stu's show a while back. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a few other features on it, but, um, but that way you get it directly through me cool. and uh, you save the shipping. And, uh, and a lot of times I pick up the sales tax, whatever it is. 
perfect. You know, perfect. so you save some money there. Well, first and foremost, we want to thank you so much for your service to our country. Well, thank you. Uh, and thank you for taking your time out tonight to talk with us about this very important book. Well, thank uh, you. Which should be in the hands of every teacher, every, especially every history teacher, social studies teacher I've ever run into, uh, about really what the Constitution is truly about and why we should fight to restore it. You know, that's, that's the point. We've got, to, we've got to start addressing it. And you ask, okay. You would consider yourself a conservative, right? Well, I kind of sort of, yeah. Okay. What is the only guarantee in the Constitution? Uh, what is it? What, what, is, what is it in my headpiece here? What, what's the only? What's the? A Republican form of government for two hundred is that? And uh, what's the other one, guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and shall protect them against invasion and an application of the legislature or the executive when the executive or the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence it, wow. it's got some good features to it but i need to go back and read well it. guarantee against invasion and you look right now the president's duty is to take care that the laws be faithfully executed and he's not doing that he's doing the opposite he's encouraging invasion what the heck is waiting is taking us so long exactly exactly yeah. terrific Okay, I get, keep getting pages from my sister Frances. Okay. <laughs> well, terrific. Thank you so much for my coming pleasure. on tonight. My pleasure. You would be, you would be duty bound to come back on our program throughout the course, and I'm going to get that book from you tonight. Okay, thank uh, you. Underground professor, I want you to take it from here. Tell me your thoughts while I take this break to get my book signed. <laughs> your thoughts on Frida? Uh, yeah, get you a book too. Okay, and get it signed. Okay, we're gonna get you to get you a book too. All right. Okay. Yeah. Did I kill them? Did I kill the mics? I didn't kill them. Ah. Uh. Uh, you're coming through to me, but let me do this. Thank you very much. I just wanted to get you on the air because I really like right there. Okay. Uh, we might be having some technical difficulties. I don't know. Can you hear me? Can, you, uh, can, can I hear you? Can I? Uh, I can, you can barely. Can you, you can barely hear me, huh? You can hear me barely. All right. They can hear you loud and clear. I can hear you loud and clear. I'm trying to get these books taken care of. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Professor, have you been uh, basically encouraged by what you've seen and heard today? Uh, what's up with the Stossel crew? What happened with the Stossel crew? Mm -hmm. They're just rude. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you, you listen. But you escorted Mrs. Biggs and Mary in there, didn't you? They left you? 
What? <laughs> because you're media, you're not allowed to go in and report about a reporter. Well, you know, at least Hillary, at least Hillary had ropes. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's right. I'm sitting right here. I'm protesting at Freedom Fest. So they wouldn't let you in. Okay. Have we actually lost the First Amendment right here? Uh, Estossel's the one that took it away. A libertarian took away the First Amendment. Hey. <laughs> exactly. That, see, that's the see. The, the ignorance is that you are spreading liberty and freedom, and we need to stop that, sir. Uh, you know, our responsibility is to make certain that the socialist utopia comes to pass. And people like you are interfering with that process. So, gosh darn it, yes, let's make certain uh, that you don't go inside and mess it up for the rest of us. <laughs> Listen, I mean, he's on almost what every night on his style, so, what every week or something on on the, yeah, you know. Well, exactly. Well, you know, I I, I want to. All right, so there you go. He, representative of uh, the Stossel uh, Empire, uh, his uh, his rogue knights uh, keeping you at bay. Uh, apparently, we are live. Listen, you had the pleasure also of meeting Chris Peranto today. Um, what was that like, sir? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, I, I was looking forward to him sitting on your lap uh, for the big pick. Uh, Chris, uh, the Army Ranger. Uh, so... Uh, Awesome. <laughs> uh, it's something that we can actually talk about on the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Santa Claus is here. 
Now, we are live from Freedom Fest 2015 in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are listening to Dr. Michael Jones. Uh, I am the exceptional one, Kim McClinton. We are also the hosts of New Day Black and Red on Saturdays on WNJC 1360 AM uh, and Great City of Philadelphia. Uh, are there... Are there any reasons why someone might want to come to Freedom Fest? What your recommendation for 2016? That's, a, that's one reason. That's a major reason. I can't think of another major reason. <laughs> Thank Yeah. Well, what are some of, some of the interesting answers that you're getting? What are some of those? Now, what were your after? What were your afternoon? Good job, good sir. Uh, as if the national debt is not enough of a gamble, let's take her to the casinos of Las Vegas. Uh, but get a little back and then pay taxes on the winnings. That's the way to. That's the American way. <laughs> but what were some of your afternoon breakout sessions? No, 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 mm -mm. no, no. Really? Really? There's money in this? Good job, good job, sir. At least you grab had grab by uh, yeah, yeah the right people. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know what? I, I, you know I. This is the kid McClinton who has gone virtually without eating all day and uh, drinking all day. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah. Uh, 
was a professor. <laughs> Poor child didn't have a chance. <laughs> but I do have my 40 ounce. I, I do have my 40 ounce right here. See, anytime a brother go anywhere, you got to take a 40 with you. You know what I'm saying? I got my mag wheels up in the uh, hotel room. <laughs> I'm playing, player. <laughs> I just did that for the ladies walking past. <laughs> That's right. That's Tony Johnson. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Ain't got nothing but love for you, baby. Uh, That's darn Skippy. Mrs. Biggs doesn't know anything. Everything that happens in Vegas stays right here. <laughs> Have the salad. Uh, uh, listen. Um, <laughs> I got my spinners. <laughs> Play ah. Uh, I have your book signed uh, by Stephen. There you go. Okay. Okay. So, underground professor. There you go. He, yeah, exactly. Boy, that's, uh, that's heavy, dude. Uh, and I, I, I do want you to also understand that he's the only other Air Force man that publicly announced that he was an Air Force man. Uh, you're the other one. Wingnut. <laughs> but I was, I was stationed with the Army. <laughs> God bless him. It is so good. Did you leave any cards behind? Did you leave any cards? Because I'm going to be calling you to educate me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, well. Okay, well, I tell you what. Why don't you test the exceptional one on the Constitution? Uh, just take. How, how, wait, 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 how many? How many questions is it? Because. Uh, it, yeah, fifteen. Do five of them because you know by the standards for African Americans, colored Negroes, and Blacks, uh, we're not supposed to do the same number as everyone else. <laughs> so <you're> exactly, <laughs> ask only the black questions. <laughs> who be the who? Um, I'm going to say none of the above. Oh, gee. That was a white question. 1787 it was. Yeah. But that was a... See, if only I had. Go right ahead. Uh, they were elected by the state houses.
uh, to not lie, to not cheat, and not steal. <laughs> <laughs> what are the three? <laughs> yeah, number four. Number four. That's number four. Number four. <laughs> Five fingers. Five finger four. Mm-hmm. Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So those are his. Uh, so sobriety is not a requirement to be president. Okay, good. Sobriety is not a requirement. Golfing is. Uh, and you must practice daily. Okay. Is that a racial thing? <laughs> yes. True, true or false? The 14th Amendment? Uh, <laughs> or race to have sex. Uh, so you, the 14th the 14th Amendment is what you're referring to, right? No, no what's, the, what's, what's okay, what's the question? No, the Equal Rights Amendment is something from the 1970s by the feminists. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought it was because not every woman received a Betty Crocker kitchen cook set. Was that, that wasn't it? Ah, okay. I am so dumb when it comes to this. You're no look. You're not getting your book. <laughs> you're you're not getting your book. I do not make my woman just stay <laughs> stay in the kitchen. Uh, I did. It's an Obama truth. It's an Obama truth. <laughs> I do not make my woman stay barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Uh, she can't get pregnant anymore, so there you go. <laughs> what stays in Vegas almost... Yeah. See, it would take an Air Forceman like you to do that to a Navy, I mean, an Army Ranger. Uh, Yes, I outed Clint on my own show. I outed Clint. Sack here, Clint. I outed Clint on what his last name is on my own program. Uh, it, it seems that it seems like the exceptional conservative show is a truth serum for conservatives. It really is. It, it makes you want to come out and say stuff.
Preston the leg donor. What? <laughs> Professional egg donor. Oh my goodness. Who's. <laughs> Is this another 14th Amendment question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, so, so far, I've gotten three out of four of those particular questions. Uh, and actually, if we go by the Common Core standard, if we go by the Common Core standard, I have a perfect score. So, um, gives me a hundred. I have perfect score. I have a Common Core, man. Check it. <laughs> Check the papers. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I cannot. You know what? Sully Johnson's going to go back to her Facebook page and said there was a brother at, at uh, Freedom Fest raising his 40 ounce. You know that. It's going to be. <laughs> with the spinners. Uh, what's the fifth question? Uh, of our and and hopefully this will be the grand prize question because we are taking a test on Stephen Mikowski's uh, arguing for the Constitution. You can go to his website, uh, arguing the Constitution. Is it dot com? Dot com. Arguing the Constitution. Dot com. Uh, and test yourself. And if your social if you score higher than your social studies teacher or your history teacher, then you need a new teacher. I'm just saying. Uh, go ready right here. I'm ready. What be done uh, is uh, be the Federal Register. Uh, it be done is it, it be done is because I want to cover all of the gr grammar that I possibly can at one time. It it be done it be done is be. Uh, am am told could be hitherto therefore is uh that uh which we had uh uh uh, uh <laughs> the <laughs> the federal register <laughs> I wanna thank I wanna thank everybody for coming to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I should have fried it. Uh, <laughs> the federal. The Jeopardy man uh, for five hundred. Uh, 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 okay, uh, let me press this button right here. The red button right here. Uh, I believe it. That okay. The, I press the red, the green one. Did I press the green one? <laughs> uh, the uh, the the person who won the Civil War is B. Wow. 
That means I'm a constitutionalist. I know my constitution. I, I am so very angry with Star Parker's appeasement uh, narrative, which she gave last night. And unfortunately, no, it was Tuesday night, and I let loose Tuesday night when I heard the appeasement strategy because, uh, you know, she walked right past me today, rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> so I just want you all to know, uh, my show is very popular, and people do listen to it. Uh, and unfortunately, it offends everybody. I'm an offense to everyone. I should, I, hey, just come into the chat room. We can talk. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really, really believe with all of my heart that there are too many appeasers out here that believe that if you stymie the First Amendment for a few, that it will not be stymied for all. Uh, individuals like that are, are the greatest risk uh, to the Constitution being completely obliterated by the next generation. I'm just saying. Uh, we're looking for a... Yeah, exactly. How can you erase history like that? I mean, especially when you have an opportunity to explain to people, by golly, that uh, it was the Democrats that did it. I mean, come on now. It's a, that was an easy one. Uh, listen, and five, if, yeah. Well, I want to thank the Memphis City Council that voted to dig up the Confederate uh, general's grave and his wife's grave. Uh, great job, people. That's put government at work. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all so much for listening this week uh, to the Exceptional Consider Show live from Las Vegas at Freedom Fest 2015. I want to thank the underground professor uh, for simulcasting with me. Uh, outside of Dallas, we don't know how he got outside of the Republic, but he certainly will be put back there. Uh, and I... <laughs> I will be bringing your book over to you and along with my 40 ounce and we will share it. Uh, and for those of you following along at home, uh, please stay tuned to SHR Media, Sackheads Radio, uh, with Sackhead Sean, Sackhead Clint, uh, and Free Sacco, uh, because Chris Tonto Peranto will be on a X-rated show this evening. There will be no holdbacks. It is all non-terrestrial internet radio the way God intended the First Amendment to be appreciated. Now, without further ado, we will leave you with some music. God bless you, and now America, remember to bless God.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.